Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message from Stonebridge United Methodist Church. We hope it encourages you to live and love like Jesus. Good morning. I'm Pastor John Allen, lead pastor here at Stonebridge. Joseph. Comparatively speaking, we really don't know much about Joseph. Joseph, um, we do know, was from a royal family of the line of David, which means expectations were high. Joseph was a carpenter, which was an honorable profession, respected, highly respected within the community. We know the scriptures tell us that he was a righteous man which meant that he was well-respected within the religious community. And yet, we know little else about Joseph. Mark does not mention Joseph one time in his gospel. John mentions Joseph twice, and only in the story of the birth of Jesus do we hear Joseph's name even mentioned in passing. It is Matthew that gives us the most information about Joseph and his story particularly in chapter 1 and the story about the dream. Joseph, um, Joseph was in a tight spot between a rock and a hard place. To be betrothed was, was really one step short of being married. It was like being married. In other words, in order to get out of being betrothed, you had to go through a divorce process. And And yet to be betrothed, you did not live together, you were not intimate, it was but a preparation time for being married. Now, marriage in that day were arranged um, by the families. The couple had really very little to do with it. But we get the indication from the scriptures that Mary and Joseph truly cared for each other. For when given a choice between putting Mary aside as a public humiliation and putting her away quietly. Joseph wanted to put her away quietly. He cared for Mary. He didn't want to see her humiliated. It's in the midst of this. It's in the midst of this that Joseph has a dream. And my my question for you is, what would we do in Joseph's shoes? What would we do in Joseph's shoes? I mean, would we put Mary aside? Would we listen to the voice of the, whole, of the angel? What would we do? Would we have that much faith to obey, to follow, to be obedient? The dream that Joseph has is an interesting dream. Its uh, main character is an angel, not identified in the story. Joseph, son of God, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Righteous man of royalty. Respected within the community. Now he's given the choice between forfeiting all of that and following the instructions of the angel. What would you do? 
what would you do? I'm not sure what I would do. I'm not sure which way I would go. Joseph obviously was a man of deep abiding faith, for he does follow the words of the angel. He takes Mary as his wife. He takes her to Bethlehem where they are enrolled. Verse 24 is pretty clear. When Joseph woke, he did what the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. Hmm. Now, for the traditional Christmas story, this is the end, right? Mary and Joseph go to Bethlehem. We pick up with Mary. You have, you know, the, the innkeeper doesn't have room for Jesus. They end up in a, in, in a stable. The shepherds come and visit. Magi come to 12 days later, later to offer these strange, weird gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. What kind of gifts are those for a baby, by the way? I mean, for goodness sakes, I mean, babies like things that rattle and squeak and that kind of thing. Uh, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But that's not the end of Joseph's story. While in Bethlehem, he stays there, and he and Mary begin to make a home. And a second dream, a second angel, appears to Joseph. And the angel warns Joseph of Herod. When the Magi had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, the angel says. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you. For Herod is going to search for the child and kill him. Hmm. Run, Joseph, run. Get up and go. And what we, what we hear here is that Joseph obeyed immediately. He goes to a new culture, a new country, a new place to start all over again. And, and Joseph does so without trying to bargain, you know, Okay, this angel comes to me in a dream, and he's telling me to go to Egypt. What about Galilee? You know, I mean, I know people in Galilee. I don't know anybody in Jesus in Egypt. I mean, wouldn't that what, isn't that what we would do? I mean, we would immediately start bargaining with the angel and going, "Well, what about this? Well, what about this? Well, what about this? Wouldn't this be better?" Uh-uh. Joseph just obeys. He just says, yes. While in Egypt, a third dream. A third dream. Now, you know, if, okay, let's, let's imagine that I'm a family member of Joseph's, all right? And he has this first dream that he's to take this pregnant woman as his wife. And Joseph tells me, but Dad, I've been told by an angel that that Mary, the child, is of the Holy Spirit. Okay, son, that's all right. The second dream, now Joseph is going to take Mary and my grandchild to Egypt. Okay. Now, when the third dreams come, I'm going to start asking questions. You know, Joseph, these dreams that you're having, they're really weird. And, you know, there are medications that you can take for that. There's counseling, you know, we can, we can get you just really some good help. And, um, 
But it just seems like every time you fall asleep, there's this dream and it changes your whole life. And you need some stability. Mary needs some stability. Jesus needs some stability. You've been dragging literally this child all over the world. What do you think you're doing? And what does Joseph do? He obeys. He doesn't bargain. He doesn't ask questions. The third dream comes in Egypt to let Joseph know that Herod has uh, died and that it's now safe to come back to Israel. And so he immediately just packs up his child, packs up, the, packs up Mary, and moves to, to Israel. And, and you're thinking, okay, this is, we're finally going to get down and settle to some, some normal kinds of life. And it's not real clear in the Scriptures how long or if Joseph is just on the way. He has another dream, a fourth dream, for goodness sakes. And this time he is warned of Herod's son, Achaelius. Achaelius is just as violent and just as, as cruel as Herod. And so he's warned, okay, you come into Israel, don't come to Israel, go to Galilee. And so Joseph ends up back in his hometown to raise Mary. Now, I just want to kind of let you know that that's really not a good place for Joseph. Joseph was known in Nazareth as a man of royalty, as a man of respect, as a righteous man, a man with a good business. And if anybody does the math, even though Joseph has done this quietly about Mary's pregnancy, and she's kind of, during that period of time, she she goes to be with her, her cousin Elizabeth to kind of hide the pregnancy. People can do math. And they can know pretty quick that Joseph and Mary did something they weren't supposed to do. They broke the law. They were intimate while they were betrothed. And part of the consequences of that was that you were to be shunned. In other words, as Joseph tries to get his carpentry work going and again, there were only a few that would do business with him. As they tried to make a place in the community, there were only a few that would have anything to do with them, probably family, and that's about it. Joseph makes a huge sacrifice here of going back to Nazareth at the instruction of the angel. But in his obedience, he knows he is doing what God wants him to do for the child Jesus. That's really Joseph's story, a story of obedience. And the pattern goes like this. God speaks, Joseph obeys, God directs, Joseph trusts. How many of us are willing to do that in our own lives? If we truly read the Scriptures, this is God's Word for us. Are we willing to listen and to read the Scriptures and obey? As we speak with our Christian friends and, 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 and spiritual counsel, are we willing to listen what God may be saying through that person? I think for most of us, we know what God wants from us. We know what God's direction is for our lives. The question is, are we going to be a person of faith and obey 
no matter what it seems like the consequences may be. We don't know much about Joseph. It it is believed in tradition, this is not scriptural, but it is believed that the reason why we don't know much about Joseph is that probably during Jesus' teenage years, Joseph contracted some kind of illness. And for this reason, Jesus was committed to help his sick father in his business as a carpenter until he died. And, And so one would then surmise that Joseph probably died when Jesus was probably 28, 29 years old, and it was the death of Joseph that, that initiated Jesus' ministry. For he was now free from the commitment, from the family commitment, from, from the commitment of his father to go and do his true father's work. Where has God been calling us to trust and obey? Maybe there's a relationship that we need to work on. Maybe there's a situation at work or at school. Maybe God is calling us in a certain direction that at first look is difficult and challenging. Maybe God is calling us to make some kind of sacrifice with our lives, with our time, with our, with our finances. Are we willing to obey to trust that the God of all creation, the God who was born in Bethlehem, the God who continues to be with us and sustain us by the presence of the Holy Spirit, will always have our best interest in mind. And just as God took care of Joseph, so God will take care of us. No matter how it may look, God always takes care of us. What and where has God been calling us to trust and obey? Here's the deal. Either the story of Jesus' birth is just a really cute, romantic fairy tale, or it is the greatest truth of all time. If it's a fairy tale, then we're wasting our time being here this morning. Truly. And maybe Christmas Eve is kind of a nice time to get together and celebrate that fairy tale, you know, and light the candles and go, in this, in this suite. But it has no real impact on our lives. But if it is the greatest truth, if it is the greatest truth that the world has ever seen, then we should put all of our efforts, all of who we are, all of what we can be in the hands of Jesus and choose the Christ child of Bethlehem as our own. For He has already chosen us. He has already chosen us. This Christmas, let us choose the babe of Bethlehem, God's son. The story is told about a millionaire who had one son, Soon after his son was born, his mother passed away. And so, alone, the father raised his son. And they shared so much together. They had a great relationship. And one of the things that they loved most of all was, um, was art, particularly the uh, masterpieces. 
And so they would go to auctions, they would go to sales, they would go to art museums. And the man and the son learned together to be experts on art. And they collected. They collected some of the greatest pieces from around the world. Van Gogh's, Monet's, uh, Rembrandt's. Whatever they get their hands on, they collected it. The house was a showpiece, a museum of great art. The war came, and the son was called into inscription and joined the army. He was sent overseas, and it wasn't but a month or so that a knock came to the door of the house. And when the father opened the door, his heart fell. There was a soldier there. And the soldier said, Sir, I'm here and regret to inform you that your son was killed in action, saving the life of a medic. He said he served his country well. He served his country with bravery. And there is a man that is alive today because of your son. He was brokenhearted. He was devastated. He, uh, he was so filled with grief that he made himself sick. And his health began in, to decline. And over the next year, he found himself just getting sicker and sicker. And then one day, on Christmas Day, another knock came at the door. And it was another soldier who met him at the door with a rather large package. And the soldier said, Sir, I'm here to let you know that I've just returned and from, from overseas, and I am the man that your son saved. I'm the man that your son put around his shoulders and carried to, uh, to safety as the shots hit him instead of me. I owe my life to your son. And so I brought you a gift. The man invited him in. They sat at the couch. And the young man explained to the father that he was um, an artist of sorts, not super accomplished, but he loved art. And, and he had painted a picture of his son. And they took it and unwrapped it. And the man put it up on the mantle above the fireplace. And there, uh, and there began to admire it. It was... Not a great painting, but it had a, had a certain likeness of the sun, almost a detailed likeness. And, and, and somehow the painting caught the personality of the young man. And the father there for just a moment and few days, it was as if the boy's presence inhabited the house again. His health had failed too much. And in spite of the, the emotional recovery that he was able to to receive in the receiving of this gift, within a year he passed away. As a part of his will, they were to auction off all of the masterpieces in the house, all the paintings. They were to be auctioned off, and then the estate itself were to be auctioned off. And so art experts and collectors from around the world gathered. Millions of dollars would be spent at this auction. Millions. The value of the paintings in the house were astronomical. As they began, the auctioneer went to the, went to the podium and he said, there is a painting that is not on your list today. It is a painting of the man's son. It's not a great painting, but 
we're going to auction this first before any of the other paintings will be, will be auctioned. Someone on the front row said, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? We came here for the masterpieces, not for this, this guy's son. We don't care anything about the son. We care about the masterpieces. And the auctioneer said, I'm sorry. It's the instruction of the will. And so he said, who will give me a bid? Silence. The auctioneer waited. The man at the back said, please, please move on. Set that one aside. Just give it away. No, he said. Will somebody give me $100? A man in the back raised his hand and he said, you know, I was good friends with the gentleman. I knew his son well. I'll give you $100 for the painting. It would mean something to me to have it. Anybody else bid, said the auctioneer. Silence. Going once, going twice, sold. And with those words, he said, the auction is over. The auction is over? What do you mean the auction is over, said one of the, one of the participants. What about the masterpieces? What about the Van Goghs and the Monets? What, what are you doing? And he said, no. The master of the house's house gave strict instructions that whoever chooses the son gets it all. Whoever chooses the son of God, the promise is, gets it all. Whoever chooses the babe of Bethlehem receives it all. Whoever with obedience and hope and promise receives all of God's grace and mercy and love. Whoever chooses the Son gets it all. Will you? Thank you for listening to this message from Stonebridge United Methodist Church. You are invited to worship with us every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. For more information, visit our website, mysumc.org. Have a blessed day.